Um, okay, let's go. <laughs> We're recording, aren't we? Still, I think so. Uh, I hope so. Shall I just intro us, Sam? Yeah, go. Uh, all right, and we're in. We're in. Hi, <laughs> welcome to uh, welcome to Cryptoversity episode two. Now we've kicked off the actual episodes, so we're on episode two today. I'm Jack, and as ever, I'm here with Mike. Mike, how are you? Doing well, thank you, Jack. Doing well. Good. Good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you want more? That's no, uh, no, yeah, that's good. it. Short and succinct. Life is good. Excellent. Glad it is. So last week we we covered Bitcoin and sort of the basics of that. And if you listened in last week, you'll remember we said this week we'd be covering NFTs, but we're not going to be doing that, are we, Mike? So what are we doing today and why not NFTs? We started doing some research on NFTs and um, then decided it might be better to get a guest on that could talk us through it instead. It was a lot of reading. It was a lot of reading, <laughs> a lot of words, and figured out it might be better to get a guest on that we could interview. So I reached out to um, a guy called Charles Adkins, who is the VP of NFTs at a company called Polygon. That are, I think they're now, so they have a coin called Matic that I think is now in the top 10 biggest cryptos in the world by market cap. He's also the co-founder of the NFT thought leaders group. So he's, he's very much like an expert in the NFT space. And he has agreed um, to come on and do an interview and basically kind of talk us through NFTs. So we figured it might be better to save uh, ramblings on NFTs for an episode that would have some valuable content thrown in as well mm -hmm. from Charles uh, and instead cover a topic that is maybe a bit less talked about in the crypto space, but about mental health, about mental health in crypto. And yeah, like some of the... I guess, kind of negative side effects of crypto on people's mental health. So yeah, that's the the app for today, the lesson we're going to cover. We don't have an expert on it. Um, so maybe right. switch off now. If you're looking for some valuable content, now might be a good time <laughs> to go elsewhere, do your own research, uh, spend you know, tons of time this week researching Struggling ourselves. with mental health. Struggling <laughs> yeah. with mental health. Oh, no, sorry. Method, yeah. method actors, it. method hosts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to be talking about mental health and crypto. Um, but yeah, welcome. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think it's a really good, good topic to cover. And yeah, with the NFT thing, you know, after I'd read three or four tweets, it became pretty clear to me that <laughs> I may struggle, as we did with the Bitcoin. You know, if we'd done a Bitcoin episode before um, speaking to Luke, I think, you know, what would we have provided much value? Probably not. No. Um, and well, to be honest with you, even with the interview with Luke, I'm not sure how much value mm. we provided to some of our <laughs> listeners, because I spoke to <laughs> a couple of friends of mine that listened to the episode with Luke and just found it very difficult to follow along, really. couple, And, you know, one wow. of our mutual friends that uh, basically said he didn't have a clue what we're talking about. I think his exact message was, I love you both. We'll try and listen in the future. But this went totally over my head. Mm, so yeah <laughs> some feedback yeah. for luke there maybe dumb it down a bit more for the cryptoversity That's audience. Difficult, isn't it? because he did he did dumb it down didn't he for us but we it's comforting in a way to know our smarter friends also struggled because we yeah. felt like dummies after that didn't we we felt we really stupid 
We did, but um, also we I think we should have maybe asked Luke to dumb it down further. And I, I also think it'd be really cool to get him back on and to maybe have like a buzzer that we press when we're not following along. We did, we did go, we Make did. Sure we've got plenty of batteries him. in it. <laughs> <laughs> we did ask him several times to dumb it down though. And it felt no, but like then we gave up. We still didn't understand we it. Did we did like, what ah. was what was another one gonna give us? What yeah. was another there's only so much it wasn't the, the language he was using, was it? It was just, it's a complicated thing. It is, know. but I think it maybe it was the language as well, because I felt like every time he explained it, like he used, he, he introduced like a new term or a new piece of technology, a new concept. And I was like, oh, fuck, now I need to understand that before mm. we can go back to what he was just explaining to me. But I think, you know, we'd done some research maybe. ahead of that episode. We still didn't fully understand it. So a lesson for us moving forwards is no matter how dumb we feel in those interviews if we aren't getting it we should just say hey do you mind trying to explain that in another way because luke's such a cool guy he, he would have mm. got to a point where it was like crayons on a whiteboard that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying yeah all a lesson is get thicker guests in yeah okay, so yeah, we okay. there's less of a gap between us and them any updates on um uh followers and kind of audience participation yeah. we it sounded you were saying in the week that we'd had <clears throat> a bunch of new followers subscribers downloads the cryptoversity yeah. classroom is growing is it it is growing the cohort is growing which is is great to hear apple podcasts seem to be our most popular um platform so we're on apple and spotify and yeah i don't don't have the stats up in front of me now but you're all listening which is good yeah next pod i'll get the actual numbers up shall i yeah, Good. maybe add a few zeros if you can, just in yeah, case sure. we do one. <laughs> if we do need to ship at any point. All <laughs> <Four> listeners. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So before we jump into, into the main bits, Mike, I'll just run through how today's pod will look. Yeah. So intro done. That was this. Tick oh, that off. Nailed it. So we're we're already making through. And then we've got some news. So we've got news in crypto coming up in the next segment where each of us have found a little little news story each then we'll dive into the main lesson segment which as we said will be mental health and crypto have a good explore of that and, and explore some of the research we've done after that we've got the portfolio wars segment which you know we've been touting for a while so as a reminder that's where mine and mike are putting our putting our money where our mouths are really and kind of have a little challenge throughout the year of uh of a battle of portfolios but yeah we'll talk more about that when we get there and that's the pod mike that's how we're looking so should we jump into news Let's yeah do you want right to go do you news. want to kick it off and go for we don't know what each other's news stories are this week no. so and i thought about this to do any research yeah i thought about this it's going to be awkward if they're the same story isn't it yeah because... i don't think they will be mine's a bit <laughs> obscure so i'm hoping yeah. it's not okay yeah well, we'll see we'll see yeah i'm happy to go first so my story is, I don't know if you've heard, Mike, of a little island, little known island called Gibraltar. Um, you heard about heard I of Gibraltar? Have, I have yeah. indeed, yeah. So it's uh, obviously a hot political topic, the island of Gibraltar, in Spain, but we sort of own it, um, and a well-known tax haven in amongst mm. those tax haven uh, islands. But the big news related to crypto is Gibraltar's, the GSC, so the Gibraltar Stock Exchange, is about to be bought by a company called Valerian Blockchain. And they're a company that look to, they're listed on the London Stock Exchange, but their main focus is to link conventional mainstream currency products into the world of cryptocurrencies. So 
basically offering offering ETFs, commodities, basically a, an exchange for crypto and sort of linking those worlds. So it's quite big news because the Gibraltar Stock Exchange, it's obviously run from Gibraltar. It covers about $3 billion worth of assets now, mm. but their plan is to buy it and then offer crypto trading on the Gibraltar Stock Exchange. So wow. Wait, so they're going to buy, so this company is going to buy the entire stock exchange of Gibraltar, which it sounds like is a pretty small one if it's $3 billion, but then just yeah, use that to legalize all of the ETFs that they can't legalize elsewhere. Or exactly. They can't get wow. <laughs> That's exactly. One, one so, workaround. so Albert Isola, who's Gibraltar's Minister for Digital Financial Services and Public Utilities, says... They're trying to harness a cryptocurrency sector that's worth roughly 3.5 trillion, uh, which is roughly the combined value of all the companies listed on the London Stock Exchange. So that gives you an idea of how big the right. crypto market is worth now at the moment. You know, London Stock Exchange, one of the biggest in the world. So yeah, they only announced that yesterday. Wow. So so the purchase is going through now, but potentially potentially a big one for um for crypto and another sign of i think we talked about al salvador in the last episode it's a, just a yet another sign of because crypto is worth this much now it just can't it just won't be ignored by the institutions mm-hmm. will it and it won't be ignored by these by these companies that see opportunity in commodifying it offering products offering etfs and, and kind of bundles of crypto to to trade with so how does that work in practice then let's just say let's let's say that they they did pass all these etfs and i suppose should do you want to explain what an etf is sure for our listeners uh yeah so an etf is an exchange traded fund that happened that typically is contains stocks equities and it allows you to it allows the the investor to buy essentially buy fractions of shares or bundles of fractions of shares uh, that they otherwise wouldn't be able to afford. So if I wanted to buy a piece of Amazon, a piece of Facebook, a piece of whatever, those shares might be bundled in an ETF that lots of people own a share of, including me. So I'll buy into that exchange traded fund and and effectively own a piece of those those companies. So, so you buy so like for a retail investor, if you buy an ETF, you're basically you could buy five dollars of an etf for example i'm sure there probably are minimum limits but you, let's say you bought five dollars of an etf you're effectively buying into a bundle of shares that could be yeah. amazon tesla a bunch of other um different shares a bunch of other stock thrown into it but i also think and I, I don't know this to be true but i think there are also things like huge pension funds that have rules around what they can and can't invest in yeah, and where they can't invest in, say, individual stocks, they have to invest in ETFs. And the same thing, they can't invest in individual cryptocurrencies, but they could maybe invest in an ETF that had a bundle of cryptocurrencies within it. And the significance there would be that there would potentially be billions, maybe even hundreds of billions of dollars that can't currently be invested into Bitcoin because of those rules that are there that if Bitcoin were in an ETF, they would be able to buy the ETF and that would be a way for institutions that maybe have their hands tied being able to get into crypto. That was my understanding of like why ETFs are so exciting for the like bull case for crypto is it allows this institutional money that can't get in yet to be able to like buy in. But how, how does that work? Like if you, you mm. offer an ETF that includes Bitcoin and Ethereum, do you have to physically own 
Bitcoin and Ethereum? Yeah, I don't know really the answer to that, but I would say I my guess would be that the ETF itself consists of actual coins, and you you buy it, you're effectively buying a slice of that. Right. So that the, whoever bundle of coins, provides the ETF has to own, has to have a reserve of. I, that would be my guess. I don't know. There are ETFs now. I mean, it gets so complicated, doesn't it, in the right. equity world? I'm sure there are ETFs that consist of puts and futures and and all sorts. Right. You know, right. I'm sure each ETF doesn't actually contain ETF, the equity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Approved in the US, and people, some people have said that that doesn't really help crypto in any way because it's a bet on the future price versus sure. somebody actually having to hold them. So I'd be interested sure. to know with these ETFs um, through the Gibraltar Stock Exchange whether the institutions offering the ETFs have to hold them, and if they do, that could be really significant for getting a ton of what whatever it was like you know a couple of trillion dollars into crypto. Yeah. So we should probably, yeah, we'll find that out. Find that out next next episode. Yeah, we'll find that one <laughs> out. Nobody can find that out news. for us. Unless news. News. When I'm uh, scrambling that's, around for that's news, so interesting. Take 15 minutes before the podcast, I'll uh, I'll go for that. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was really interesting, and it's yeah, it's just sort of, I mean, Gibraltar. I mean, I'd say it is early doors. You know, Gibraltar, El Salvador. They're not exactly titans of the the financial world, but no offense. Is, yeah, no offense if you're listening from there. Um, I've been to Gibraltar. It's all right. It's all right. Um, <laughs> nice save, Jack. <laughs> That'll really help, help the tourism we'll again. board. We'll if you're looking again. for a quote for the tourism board for Gibraltar, <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> Not a financial hub, but it was all right. What were you doing in Gibraltar? Um, Just out of interest. We were down, I was on a holiday in um, maybe Malaga or somewhere down there, and we just took a trip out to Gibraltar. Pretty bored. It was with an ex-girlfriend who had, it had run its course. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, we were looking for something to hey, do. She's listening in Gibraltar. She right was now. great. She was great. No, we were looking for something to do, and we didn't know what didn't really know what Gibraltar was. And it's a weird kind of slice of. If you go, it's sort of you step off Spain onto this rock that's in Spain still, but it's it's like a little bit of UK. You're like back in the UK with like a Boots pharmacy and a weird Union Jacks everywhere. So. But it's basically so now it's basically a tax haven, some kind of disputed territory well, tax haven. Yeah, um, that's so interesting. The the hesitancy of the bigger global economic powers and their governments, or the, of their governments, to get involved in crypto, is pre- presenting an opportunity to, like you say, these smaller countries like El Salvador or disputed territories mm. like Gibraltar, that could bring in trillions of dollars of new money because of this hesitancy for, for other governments to open the door to crypto and to really allow it to kind of flourish. It, it's interesting. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? And yeah. I mean, you know, it's massive, isn't it? Crypto now it is it's worth the, any risk for them. I'd imagine. Right. Of, you know, the potential upside is so big for these, as you say, these smaller places, I think they've probably just looked at it and thought, the potential upside is huge. If there's a, if it all crashes down, we'll just be back to square one again with our two billion of of equity. So, right. yeah. Um, yeah. What about you, Mike? What's your um, well? So, being as yours news? is um, really kind of current events, cutting edge <laughs> happened yesterday. Uh, that is a nice contrast to mine. Which 2012 is, article. <laughs> well, it is actually news from something that happened in 2018. So not exactly hot off the press. Hot. But the reason that it's interesting is it's there's a basically a documentary 
that came out a couple of days ago about this news story. And I'd said on the first Cryptoversity episode, I wanted to cover international news stories that had a kind of geopolitical tilt. And I did have a story prepared on that, but then I actually got sent a news article by one of our listeners, which was pretty cool. I know. Um, so yeah, and I, I kind of went down this rabbit hole about a series of events that are now have been turned into a documentary that came out this week called Dead Man's Switch, a crypto mystery. So I started doing some research yeah. on it and yeah, instantly went down this rabbit hole and the, the whole story is just fascinating. And I'm sure a lot of people will have heard of this. Um, and it's about an entrepreneur called Gerald Cotton. Have you ever heard of Gerald? Jerry? Never, Jerry Cotton? never heard of Big Jezza. No, so, so I hadn't heard of him either. And but it was about him in a crypto exchange that he'd set up called Quadriga. Have you heard of that either? Again, no. Well, buckle up, Jackie boy, because you're in for a treat. This story's great. So I'm okay, ready. So Quadriga was launched in 2014 as a crypto exchange. And by 2017, it had they were handling like over a billion dollars in trades and kind of generally considered to be the legit trading platform, I think in Canada. And Gerald Cotton, Big Jerry, the founder, um, was living like living the crypto dream. So him and his wife were jetting off all around the world on private planes. They had they own their own private plane. Um, they had a six hundred thousand dollar yacht, 17 homes in Canada, and he was like very you know, he, he was publicly showing this and really yeah. kind of like living the dream. He, he was kind of a public figure within crypto. And I actually found this interview with him from 2014, where he's talking about crypto. And he said, it essentially removes the need for a central authority. When you get rid of the fees, you get rid of a lot of the regulations. It's pretty much money by the people for the people. So all around. Yeah, Jerry, great guy. Sounds like a great guy. I'm sure he's legit and above board and well, and it's happy ending. <laughs> this is where it goes. Like, so in 2018, obviously, when the Bitcoin price completely collapsed, people started trying to pull their money out of Quadriga. And at first, there were like months long delays. They couldn't get access to their money. Some people had started complaining. And there were a bunch of other problems in that year. So there was a technical fault with the trading platform that wiped out $14 million of Ethereum off the exchange. They had a Canadian bank that froze another 21 million of their funds. So things were starting to go downhill pretty quickly. Then Jess is in trouble. In He's December in trouble. 2018, Jerry, the jet setting crypto investor or uh, entrepreneur rather, was on a private plane heading to India, him and his wife for their honeymoon, where Big Jerry Cotton mysteriously died on the plane, age 30. So it Some wasn't a crash. Not a crash. Didn't, no, no, no. Didn't crash. Didn't crash. He had there were, there were complications with a, a heart disease. I think. Sure, um, it happens. Very limited information on it. But some people were a little bit skeptical about his death for a couple of reasons. Firstly, he died twelve days after modifying his will. But maybe that's a coincidence. You know, never, never sure. know. These things happen. Um, secondly, his body was embalmed and sent back to Canada for a closed casket funeral. So no one ever saw his body having died mysteriously on a private plane. Embalmed? Is that a normal? I mean, do, do all bodies get embalmed? I, I imagine. don't know. That, that was kind of what was in the article. But I, So embalmed is when you like preserve it from decay. It's maybe like they mummification. Are. Don't know. Well, maybe. Yeah. Well, basically the closed casket bit, I think, is maybe the... Sure. More, 
significant bit. Whose side are you on, yeah. by the way, Jerry? Are you, <laughs> just you a lawyer for the Jerry Cotton Trust? Yes, <laughs> um, but then finally, arguably most importantly, so like a lot of the crypto exchanges, Quadriga said that they kept their funds in cold wallets. And um, so mm-hmm. cold wallets are like digital storage devices that aren't connected to the internet and it's supposed to make them safer from hacking that need the 16 word password that we talked about on the last Mm -hmm. episode but the catch with quadriga was that jerry was the only person that knew the passwords on the wallet jerry he hadn't left any kind of dead man switch which means you can then somebody dies the password sent to somebody else so when he mysteriously died with no one there and then had a closed casket funeral age 30 on a private plane all of that crypto disappeared and i'm not saying jerry did or didn't fake his own death however if i was gonna fake my death it might look a lot like that um and so people didn't find out about his death for over a month so over a month went by before any anybody found out he died. Quite a lot of time for you to maybe establish a new identity and go on the run. Sure. Where was he going? India. India. To India. Sure. 1.1 people. billion people. Lots lot of people. people. Um, mm. But so at which point, so when investors found out, they were like furiously trying to find out where their money went and trying to withdraw it. Even though he, Jerry Cotton, was the only one who had the keys to the vault, he hadn't set up a dead man's trigger. So there was no way anybody else would be able to access the money. A couple of like tech savvy internet sleuths traced down different domain names and um, different trades on the blockchain, kind of through what we were talking about, through on-chain analytics and discovered like a track record of schemes that Jerry had been involved in dating back to an internet scam that he ran when he was 15 years old on an online gold forum where he was promising some crazy returns, took a load of money and just ran off with it. So basically he'd had a career as a professional con man. Exactly. Uh, The police got involved in the investigations. They revealed that Jerry had actually made a bunch of different fake accounts on Quadriga to try and influence trades on the platform. And at one point, he was personally involved in 87% of transactions that were happening at so any one time. It was all a bubble, all just so it was a bubble. A huge bubble. And um, yeah, unsurprisingly, they also discovered that he'd been mixing client money with his own money and that that was mm. what had funded the big lavish lifestyle. Uh, and so far, about $46 million has been recovered, but there's still $180 million missing. And so do they know money. where... Do they know where the cold storage is? They just can't access it. Have they got those hard disks or whatever? I don't know, to be honest with you, Jack. Mm. I said, but you're going above my level of research yeah. there. Like, okay. I could think uh, there's only one, one answer to this that we need to do some grave digging. Can we? Yeah, well, there are people asking for that to happen. People want we need to, to bring it up. Bigger. Or we try and book him for an interview. One of the two. Get his wife on two. Is he on LinkedIn? Is he on LinkedIn, India? <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was just such a brilliant story. And it is it's really funny. Story. And it's kind of like the Wolf of Wall Street, where it's like a really funny mm. story. And you're like, oh, Jordan Belfort, he was cool. But you forget that there are then, you know, thousands of people's lives who are ruined by that. So one, yeah, I found but- an interview with one guy who had $400,000, had his whole life savings in crypto, in quadrigo mm-hmm. and lost it all but there was part of me that he the same guy had also been trading with leverage had taken out loans against his house so like there was part of me that thought well he probably probably wasn't the best idea but it still just made me feel pretty bad you know it's a funny story jerry i'm sure is out there in india balling out but it made me feel a bit bad for the people that had hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars lost 
um, that yeah, I'm never going to see it again. Yeah, I mean, you'll always feel bad for that. But I think even like right now, crypto is still in the Wild West, I think, in terms right. of it's kind of it's reached another level of maturity in the last couple of years. But back then, it really was the Wild West. And no one knew what was really going on with it. And guys like Jerry could could set up these things and with a, with a kind of shiny professional front, it was very easy, I imagine, to, right. to con that's people. What it is. Basically. It's, it's basically a kid that was a con artist. Like he was doing this at 15 years mm. old and crypto provided a platform for him to continue being a con artist. But he was conning people yeah. in the gold market initially. So I don't think this, it's like you said, this isn't something that's maybe specific to crypto, but the hype around crypto and I guess the lack of regulation, like we were saying in the last story about Gibraltar, like if the government don't regulate it, and if there isn't that regulation or oversight, then you open the door for criminals like and con artists like Jerry mm-hmm. um, to take advantage of that. Yeah. And I think the nature of crypto, the fact that he was the only one who knew the password and everything was essentially locked out for everybody then is a feature of crypto that is both good and bad. I think right. like we chatted about last episode, like if you lose your password, there's no backup fail safe. There's no bank that's going to compensate you. There's no government regulation that's going to help you out with the FCA or anything. You are right. done. It's a double-edged sword in that, in that lose, regard. Lose your password or lose the cold storage device. Like there's that story right. that seems to come up every week of a guy in the UK who had some crypto on a hard drive. I think and now it's worth like hundreds of millions of dollars that this week he's hired a NASA scientist to help yeah. him find it. <laughs> it's the same guy. That's it's a true guy. story. It's one guy each story. week going through lengths to... But, and it's I think he spent half the value of it looking for right. it already but you know i think he um, probably just promises it to people i think he's probably promised 10% yeah. to anyone that will help like a bounty him. but it does show like you're saying the deficiencies of a decentralized system there's a ton of pros to it but the downside to that decentralization is if you are just a little bit unlucky you can lose mm. all your money or like me just a bit below average organization you know i could right. i'll write my password down in a google sheets doc which i'll then delete or yeah. not get, or, or na- I'll label it something something not easy to find again. And that'll be that. Yeah, it's a yeah, great I, I story, watch, Mike. I do want to watch that film. And um, definitely, like I said, it, it sounds like he could and be I want to know. Like I want to know if it's him. I mean, like you say, it sounds like it's uh, plausible that it was a faker. But a fake account. Yeah, it also made me look corpse. into um, the CEO of... Uh, the exchange, the CEOs of the exchanges I hold my crypto in, and just make sure, sure. there's no track record. Of, <laughs> of well, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, you do think like, like I don't know if you know, well, you will know, but our listeners might not know. There was a big um, exchange company called Football Index that right. a lot of people that was legit. It was it was regulated. It was sponsoring football teams. There were adverts for it everywhere, and it essentially functioned as a stock market. But you bought these fictional stocks and shares in footballers that gave you returns if that footballer did well or not. And obviously each footballer went up in value and you could sell them and buy them on this exchange. Uh, and then about a year or so ago, it just completely, the bottom fell out of it. Uh, and the founders supposedly made, depending on who you ask, the founders made off with loads of people's money and, and now the whole thing's collapsed. So you can sympathize with people that even suffered for Jerry's thing because the front of it, seemed completely legitimate there was loads of backing behind it as i say it was sponsoring actual football teams there were celebrity spokespeople for it and it makes you wonder you know is coinbase or binance or any of these platforms 
how robust are they? Okay, so the one thing I will say about the football index is that seemed like a scam from day one. My dad and my uncle lost money on that. And I remember talking yeah. to him about it and being like, but how does that work? It, it would make sense if you just bought a player and then if the perceived value of that player dropped, someone would be willing to pay less money for that player. So if it was just like trading a fictional stock in a player, but it also then offered dividends without any yeah. explanation of well, where do the dividends come from? Like it isn't just a supply and demand exchange of this perceived asset. If there's dividends, those dividends must have been being paid out by from your somewhere. money that you were using to purchase. So it, it seemed like a giant Ponzi scheme from mm. there. And no, no, no one ever seemed able to answer that question. So that was the least shocking <laughs> crumbling <laughs> of an institution. But I, I think you'd get a lot of people saying the same thing that you were saying about that, about Bitcoin, Ethereum, NFTs, especially. You'll get, Maybe. if any of those do crumble, people right. will say the same thing, I think. But I guess I'm specifically talking about paying a dividend on something that doesn't provide any economic value. Like mm. if, if you pay a dividend from uh, stocks, a lot of stocks pay dividends, but it's because the companies themselves make money. money and that money, like I understand where that money comes from. But if you just invented a new crypto that paid a dividend and there was no explanation of where that dividend came from at all, then I would have some serious questions about whether <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, scam yeah. or not. I understand. That yeah. just sounds like a Ponzi scheme. I remember reading it at the time. There was, it did explain it. It did, there was a roundabout way on the site. It did explain it, but I never, oh, yeah, I never invested yeah. or anything. But I, and I can't remember what that was. So it was probably all fluff. It was right. a bit like probably speaking to Luke about Bitcoin. Like I've had it explained to me. <laughs> layman's terms but i don't understand the difference um, is luke knew what he was talking about those guys that yeah. i don't know if it, that was an intentional scam but yeah, yeah. i know what you mean the, the the thing that's interesting about it is that they were able to get like you say sponsor football teams sponsor tv commercials like become seen as a legitimate thing mm. and i guess it's maybe unfair to say it always seemed like a scam well should we just set up a scam exchange instead then we're putting a lot of time that's where this is going that's where this money. is that's the inevitable end point of this yeah cryptoversity so get, get there in 2022 okay. yeah <laughs> good mike great story mike brilliant i'm looking to, i'm gonna keep my finger on the pulse of that and see if uh because presumably there's a lot of angry people still looking for the guy i would guess i mean 180 million dollars is still missing i don't know how many yeah. people that split across but i would the one guy that lost 400 grand and had to sell his house he he didn't seem like he was going to drop it anytime soon yeah um, but with but guys like, like you said dead. with guys like him i mean this yeah. this probably segues nicely into the main lesson of the pod which is the mental health side of it and right when it, the way I approach this, my sort of research for this section was, is it investing or is it gambling? Is it something in between? And I think there are a lot of parallels between mental effects of gambling and crypto, as well as the mental effects of investing in crypto. And I've sort of done a kind of dual research on that. And I think me and you could just talk about what, where on that spectrum we think it falls and if it is one or the other, or if it's a mix of both or... Um, so is what you're asking is like, how much of crypto trading or investing, how much of that is gambling and how much of mm. that is people using it as a financial asset within an investment portfolio? Yeah. And can you separate those two? Are they one and the same? We just right. call them different things, maybe. I don't know. Well, that's what I was um, going to say is like how much that, because I went down that same rabbit hole of like how much of just trading in general is, well, is just gambling. So I guess to intro this segment then, so what we're talking about here is the 
is mental health as it relates to crypto. So like mental health conditions that have developed from people that have been involved in crypto. Um, and Jack and I are both very passionate about this because we're invested ourselves. We think that for cryptoversity, we definitely want to talk about all of the fun and cool, exciting stuff that's going on within crypto. But we do also want to be honest about maybe the darker side of crypto that isn't discussed as much. Yeah, sure. And I, th- I would also, I'd also say mental health has become a kind of term that has all only negative connotations, you know, and you see people say, oh, he's suffering from mental health. But that sentence doesn't make sense to me because everyone has mental health. You either have good mental health or bad mental health or, you know, so I'd also add that maybe there are good positive mental health elements to crypto or the space in general that we could also touch on rather than be all negative. But yeah, I mean, where do you want to... I have like a quick, like quick fire question for you. Cool. Um, How often do you think you check your crypto balance in a day? Like how often on average do you think you check? I would say I check it four or five times a day. Really? Is that honest answer? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it might not be true, but I think that's the honest answer. Yeah. I'd love to see. I wish the app had a little. Right logger of, of check-in times maybe there is an audit trail or something in there but i don't know how about you i don't know I don't, but I, I would say a lot more than four to five if would I'm you? Honest. i think would so you? i mean less less and less over time um mm. but i would say maybe like 10 times a day but it depends yeah. it depends right you know at the moment it's kind of been stagnating a little bit the price has been hovering for a the past couple mm. of weeks when the price is going like sure. strongly in either direction up or down I can check it a couple of times an hour and I, and I wow. have friends that will send me, you know, a couple of times in an hour, they'll send me the changes in the price of like, Oh my God, have you seen crypto? It's, it's tanking or well, I'll go into the moon, baby. And it, it just really depends on like how volatile it is. But what yeah. has been interesting for me, obviously, you know, this, I'm back in the UK at the moment, visiting family for Christmas. We're staying in an Airbnb and our Wi-Fi cut out. And because of the time of year, we can't get anybody out to fix the Wi-Fi until um, like next week. Uh, right. So we basically went, and we still have went dark. I'm, I'm at the office at the moment, but we've had no Wi-Fi for the past four days. My Help. wife and I both have American phones and it takes ages to like, the, oh, sorry, the date is really expensive. So we tend to leave that off. Now for me to use the internet on my phone, I have to go in, turn my data on and then start scrolling the internet right and that's made me much more conscious of how often i check my crypto um and i've noticed that i have like i'll wake up in the morning and think oh, i wonder what i wonder what bitcoin's at right now but it's just made me <laughs> a lot more conscious of it and it's made mm. me think i'm gonna I, i'm gonna delete the apps from my phone and just have maybe like a set time a day or a set time of the week even wow i check my portfolio because for me, I want it to be part of an investment strategy and an investment portfolio, not anything to do with trading or gambling. Yeah. The more research I've done over the past week or so about the kind of darker sides of crypto addiction and the, the comparisons and parallels with gambling, it's like just reinforced that idea that I don't want to be checking my crypto balance every day. It's interesting because that I think that everything you've said there could apply more what broadly to any app on your phone or any social media app or any 
dopamine engineered app that that people are addicted to you know how how often do you think that that your checking of your crypto balance tallies with your checking of other things like a whatsapp or a reddit or a youtube or whatever your other things on your phone no, you say right. it's more or less probably about the same you, you're right mm. i tend to do like my like pattern is i'll load up my phone or like open my phone and just check the same kind of five or six apps yeah, you know, the same amount of times a day. So when I'm checking, crypto out, being like, one maybe of them. I'm also checking out what's on Instagram right now, and I'm pretty conscious of trying to not like I deleted Facebook from my phone and deleted Twitter. Like I've tried to delete as many of these, as you say, like dopamine inducing apps as possible. Mm. Um, and I'll try and not look at any apps or any notifications for the first hour of the day. So I've just read somewhere that's good for you, probably mm. on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I, so I think that you're, you're right. Like it, maybe it isn't necessarily just crypto. It's all of these apps that just give you that like dopamine spike. And I've definitely got friends that are addicted to Instagram or like Yo, I'll see them check it kind of 10 times in, in the yeah. hour or two that I spend with them. Yeah. Understand. And we've all got our own ones, I think to live to varying degrees. Like I'm fully addicted to, I would say Reddit, YouTube, right. like my YouTube does give you the hours watch per day. And I think I sent it to you a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of like, what is... <laughs> You know, it's half my waking day has a YouTube on there while right. I'm, and that's like while I'm washing up or whatever, like it's on in the background, but it's still on. Um, I remember speaking and, to you about this because I'm the same with YouTube. Yeah. We're both saying that um, yeah. sometimes I'm, sure I'll be I'm listening many... to something and I'm like, yeah. I know I need to go and like take a shower, but I'm going to have to take my headphones out to do that. And yeah, the water's too loud. Like, delay it. <laughs> yeah. The water is too loud for this. Uh, and you told me you issue. had a workaround, you'll just take your headphones out, play it on loudspeaker in the shower. Yeah, I'll put like, it wow, oh my now. God. <laughs> It's an extra hour I've moved of house, <laughs> I've moved house recently, Mike, and actually what's really annoyed me about the new house, and it's a better house, and the bathroom's better, right. because my old shower had was like a bath shower. Mm. So I'd have the shower, and you know those, you know those taps, those chrome taps that have like a weird little stand <laughs> on top for like for the shower head. Right. That's at the end of the bath, and I'd be able to put my phone on that shower head and watch <laughs> YouTube in the shower. Now I'm in the new house with a cubicle shower, nowhere to put the phone, so I'm regretting the whole house purchase. So it's yeah, it's really worrying. But yeah, really worrying. so maybe that is a. It's broader than just crypto. It's the yeah. uh, mobile devices are addictive addictive as hell and they're, and they're, they're mm. engineered to be right like it isn't of course that's not you being a weird shower freak or maybe in part a weird shower freak but i'd say it's extreme it's on the end of extremity like my girlfriend's nowhere near it no it but doesn't even she carry a phone around the house something. like my, no, so she, my wife is the same she doesn't watch youtube but she listens to podcasts all day as has a like heroin a, heroin addiction yeah, yeah. <laughs> she told you about that um yeah. But yeah, so oh, and, right, and yeah. I guess that yeah. is bigger than just crypto. And that's something that it's intentional, isn't it? That isn't like an accidental byproduct of social media. You know, social media companies hire psychologists to exploit uh, addiction. Well, they want your attention. Dopamine. They want as much of your eyes on it as possible, right. don't they? And so anything they can engineer. Yeah, it's been, it's been well documented, isn't it? Like right. there's Netflix documentaries on it. We don't need to... I don't think we'd shed any new interesting light on that topic, would we? It's just crypto. Well, you could say that about the whole of cryptoversity. True. <laughs> <laughs> you might have just written Can we stop talking about review. this? <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to shed any interesting new light on this topic. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. Well, okay. Uh, so I, I, in one, some of the research I did, I found a really interesting interview with a lady named Patty Fior, Dr. Patty Fior. 
who's a, a psychotherapist who specializes in treating depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And in the interview, she was saying that she's seen a huge spike in patients that need treatment related to crypto over the past few mm-hmm. years. And I was going to read a quote that I took from that interview that I thought was interesting. Please do. So this is from uh, Dr. Patty Fior. As a psychotherapist, I'm treating clients who are suffering from anxiety, regardless of the position of their trades, whether their portfolio is up or down, they're stressed over what decision to make next. When the crypto market is up and investors experience a sudden increase in wealth, celebratory drug and alcohol abuse often follows. When the price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies... <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> when the uh, depression kicks in. <laughs> on, <Patty. laughs> oh, sorry, carry on, carry That's on. Okay, um, but yeah, so basically, when your portfolio goes up, celebrate. <laughs> it's not meant to be funny. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's not funny. It's is this the brighter side of bleak. Yeah, maybe it's one of those. Um, but yeah, crypto goes up, celebratory drug and alcohol abuse often follows. When the price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies drop, investors experience anxiety, major depression, and even PTSD and panic attacks. Clinically speaking, some of these clients are traumatized and their mental health disorders are affecting their overall physical health. Mm. Leaving a space yeah. for laughter there, Jack. If you want, no to. laughter now. I'm over the laughter. I only found the first bit funny, the alcohol okay. and drugs bit. Um, um, wait, so she goes. She continues. One can easily draw parallels between crypto trading and compulsive gambling. The constant ups and downs of the market create euphoric highs of winning and depressive lows of losing. Just like a synthetic drug, chasing the high is the goal. In a quest to make more money, one often falls into compulsive buying and selling and then finds it impossible to recover from the losses. The inability to stop trading, much like gambling, in a down market often affects one's stress level, self-esteem, and overall confidence and financial security. And then this was the bit that I thought was interesting as her kind of um, message to the community Just as cigarette packages warn smokers about the hazards of smoking, crypto exchange companies owe it to their users to alert investors of the psychological dangers of compulsive gambling. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, great quote. Kind of a lot to unpack there. And it's sort of, again, it goes back to that tie between gambling and and investing in crypto. Uh But I guess what struck me there was, Anything she could have said there could have also applied to investing in, say, day trading equities. There was right. nothing kind of crypto specific or that I noticed there about the issue that she highlighted. It was more it's a 24 hour gambling um, gateway for anyone with that addiction. And there is right. no switch off. I guess with the one difference would be with equities, there's an open and a close and it's not a 24 exactly. hour market that crypto exactly. offers. Yeah, I mean, that tallies with. A study I found is about Bitcoin. The articles of how trading Bitcoin could ruin your mental health, uh, but it was an article from 2018. But it cited a study on equity traders from 1983 to 2011. Okay. Uh, that concluded so they analyzed patient records for every hospital in California from 1983 to 2011 and found a strong link between low daily stock returns and hospital admissions, particularly for psychological conditions, including anxiety, panic disorders, or major depression. Um, So that kind of tallies what she's saying, even though that applies to equity trading. I think with crypto, that 
crypto being 24 hours and so volatile compared to equities even must only magnify those effects would be my guess right. i suppose right. well and i guess that the i don't have any data on this but i would guess the average age of crypto investors is lower than the average age of investors in the stock market maybe i don't know maybe maybe, maybe. i think stock market i think as crypto has become accessible that's been there's been a parallel of retail trading right. accessibility like robin hood trading 212 they've all right. seen a massive spike in daily accessible retail investing haven't they and there was um, a guy, I think he was only maybe 19 or 20, but there was a guy that committed suicide after using Robin Hood's trading app. He did what we, mm. what we were talking about in the last episode. He was using a leveraged trade yeah. and lost all of his money. But because he'd like used 10x leverage, he misunderstood the implications and he thought no he wasn't in debt he lost all of his money but he thought he was so he let's say and i'm making uh, these numbers up but let's say he i remember a yeah. hundred dollar trade on but a 10x leverage he lost the full trade and really had just lost the initial investment but he thought he'd lost the entire leverage position so he thought he now owed a couple of hundred thousand dollars and the stress and anxiety yeah. of that led him to kill himself. So yeah, I guess you're right in that those there are parallel. I'm drawing the parallels there between crypto and gambling, but you're right. The parallels are across all three: trading crypto, trading mm. the stock market, trading anything. And really, it isn't that different to to gambling because if it were it's exact hard, science, it? like you are just kind of guessing and going on your take on the situation in the same way as yeah. you are with gambling, maybe with more data points when it comes to crypto than you are with, sure. say, roulette. But you are effective. If it was an exact science, the, the, there wouldn't be a fluctuation in price. Like you are mm. taking a bit of a gamble. And, and I've noticed it with some of my friends that buy into crypto coins or into projects that they have no idea what the project is or how the protocol works or what that token actually does but i guess some of the same friends also invest in companies where they maybe have no idea what not well, necessarily what the company does but they have no idea what is the bottom line of that company what do their financials look like what yeah. are their three-year projections like it is just yeah. kind of gambling on well i think it might go up you know or i think it might go down or short it. it it is just taking a bit of a guess i suppose yeah, I guess it's weird to tie in whether something's gambling or not with how sure a bet it is, because a sure bet's still gambling, or like a 90% bet is still as much of a gamble, I suppose, as a 10% chance bet, or is it? Because if you're investing in a pension fund, right, it's the same thing, because those are just tied up in equity or bonds. But so you're trusting somebody else to but it's more of a sure bet, isn't it? Because historically those have paid off over the long term. But it's but, still but a bet. Part of that is about like the risk tolerance there because they split that bet across maybe a hundred different yeah. stocks versus I'm gonna put all of my money, my entire investment into a really small cap cryptocurrency that's highly volatile and doesn't mm -hmm. have that same risk mitigation tied into the investment strategy. But I think where it becomes more dangerous is when people become addicted to it and it is no longer part of an investment strategy, regardless of how informed or educated that strategy is. And mm. when it becomes like a get rich quick scheme or something that you're doing compulsively. And this was something, yeah. so I did some research. I can't find the article now, but I did some research that kind of talked through what the actual process is for gambling addicts or anybody that pursues like a compulsive set of behavior. And it basically was like, 
this is going to be a very true to crypto versity it's going to be a very idiot's version of what i read because <laughs> i'm doing it from memory yeah. and i don't know much about this but it was basically saying that our brains haven't evolved to deal mm. with the kind of stresses that gambling and and, and trading bring and yeah. that the so when you're trading and when you, you become stressed and anxious from it you're releasing adrenaline you're releasing cortisol and the long-term effects of that can be mental illness, but also physical illness because mm. there's links between stress and inflammation. You also can become more compulsive and display this addictive behavior, but it's it's not like it's psychosomatic, like it's a physical thing. It's a like fight that. or flight response, isn't it? I guess in the past, thousands of years ago, cortisol, the stress drug gets released and it makes you on edge because... It's you priming need, you for you need to a fight or away. flight right, from the right, lion. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But, but your brain didn't have to necessarily weigh up 50 different situations of what could help you. It was just fucking no. run. There's a lion. like it, So that yeah. adrenaline kicked in, run away. But what happens now, um, um, or how it pertains to trading, is that um, the prefrontal um, cortex, which is basically what helps control your, like, rational brain like your critical mm. thought and then the limbic system which controls like your emotional response to situations and when you get stressed and when you enter into that kind of compulsive addictive behavior like literally blood gets redirected to the limbic system instead of to the prefrontal cortex and you right. start making these compulsive irrational, irrational emotional decisions and that's why a lot of gambling addicts describe almost like an out-of-body experience where they're watching themselves do something that they know they shouldn't be doing, but they mm. just can't control it. It's just kind of happening. But yeah. it's because people aren't in control, like another part of the brain has effectively taken over and their rationality is no longer in control. You start just making trades compulsively and irrationally to try and fix the situation. It never gets fixed. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible, yeah. And it goes, goes back to that. I think we've touched on it before, that loss aversion theory where they've shown that the pain of a loss is stronger than the joy you get from a win and you right. remember the pain of a loss better than you do the joy of a win so you almost if you lose 100 pounds winning back the 100 pounds doesn't make up for that loss and if you win 100 pounds then lose it you almost feel worse than if you had just stayed the same because you've right. won but that loss has felt more than the than the win yeah. while we're on the addiction Mm -hmm. kind of topic i've actually got i found a um a guide to cryptocurrency addiction and this guy's done a whole study and kind of model on it and he's got 10 questions that you can ask yourself about cryptocurrency and depending on what you answer it'll tell you how badly you're addicted so i thought it might be cool to along. ask you these yeah well okay well we can both, um, we can both ask them right this is, is this an intervention uh, this is all on you <laughs> my mom asked you to do this <laughs> okay. i wrote these. yeah your mum wrote these down uh <laughs> okay. um so I'll, I'll hit you with the questions then yeah we can both answer along so number one do i spend a lot of time thinking about different types of cryptocurrency yes but my cop out would be part of that is like work like i'm identifying clients that we want to work with it's yes or no okay. it's yes or no yes all right yeah <laughs> yes yeah i'm gonna different types i would say i guess different types is a weird one isn't it because it's not it was yes or no jack what's going on well, yeah. you go? okay yes okay i'm gonna go maybe for me maybe <laughs> no i'll go yes um am i spending large amounts on cryptocurrency yes Yes. 
Yeah, I would deem what I spend a large amount. If I yeah. look at my cryptocurrency bill, that's a large amount to me. So right. I'd say yes. Um, have I tried to slow down or completely stop cryptocurrency trading, but not been able to? No. No. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, I agree. I'm not at that level yet either. Not being able to would be the scary bit, wouldn't it? Right. If you've tried and then you found you like you deleting these apps will be interesting. See, let's see if you reinstall them. Um, do I become restless or irritable if I try to cut down my screen time related to crypto? No, honestly. I, I know, Is that you not know, what you were describing this morning where you woke no, up thinking? Really that wasn't an well, irritability. not restless or irritable. I was more just like, oh, I wonder what yeah. it is. There was no part of me that was like, oh, I, need, I need to find out. And like, I sure. could have just opened my laptop and looked, but I was, yeah, I was actually sure. kind of enjoying not not knowing. Freedom. I, like, oh, I wonder if it's 100K. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find that with anything, like when you, if you don't check WhatsApp for a few hours and come back to loads of nice messages, you're like, oh, this is nice. But if you're constantly plugged in, you never get that. Oh, someone's been in touch. It's just yeah, a stream yeah. of da 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 da. So yeah, similar thing. Right. Um, but I I kind of don't know on that one because I've never been away from it. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure how. I think you might have just be. you might have just broken the quit. You just answered. Are you Maybe, addicted yeah. to it? I don't, know, yes. if I, I've I, it, so I don't know if I would miss it. I've always had it. I'm constantly plugged in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of true though. Do you um, know you could function without heroin? I don't know. I've actually never had a day without it. <laughs> yeah. Do I jump on the computer and start trading in cryptocurrency to escape from life's problems or to try to elevate my mood? No. Hard no. No. Yeah, I don't. Websites to help with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's next week's episode. Uh, do I carry on trading in cryptocurrency after losing money to try to gain it back? No. No? But I think, no, but again, I don't know. Like, our time will tell. If it drops down to 5K, oh, Bitcoin no. drops down to 5K tomorrow, I might change my answer to that. Well, we've had a significant drop lately, haven't we? And you haven't, or I haven't dived in and tried to buy weird other coins to try and make up for that deficit right. of you. But no, I haven't. But I think what reassures me is I bought it all early enough that it's still you're not in a loss yet. Close yeah. to being in the red. So I, yeah, that's someone that I'd say no. But yeah, I'd yeah, like to think sure. no if it completely tanked. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Have I ever fibbed to other people about how much time or money I spend trading in cryptocurrency? Have you ever exaggerated or lied about it? No, I don't think I have. I've definitely never said I've traded like less than I have or more than I have. Yeah, no, I don't. No, I don't think so. Like if um, your girlfriend asked you, Jack, how much money do you have in crypto yeah. right now? No, I'd tell her. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'm clear about it. And you know how much I've got in there. And, right. Uh, okay. Have I ever taken money unlawfully to fund my cryptocurrency addiction? Not to fund the addiction. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Has my cryptocurrency trading habit had an effect on my relationships or my job? A negative effect, I guess that means. Um, no, I mean, no, well, no. It's had a positive effect because I opened a company involved in crypto. Yeah, that's, but that's not yeah, from the yeah. trading, I guess. <laughs> Made a lot yeah. of money from it. But like your wife doesn't complain that you're on the app all the time or worry about the money you have in it. Because I've got a friend who, who's into it as well and his wife we went for dinner with them and she was in a car. It was one of those kind of, is, he, is she joking? Is she not kind of right, worrying right. way of God, why is our money in this? Like he manages kind of all their money. It's that kind of relationship, but she, she exhibited some concern about it. Not really, but I have noticed if I'm like, Oh, crypto's up today, babe. 
that my wife might be like, oh, good, well, should we go shopping? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, but she did say, she listened to the last episode, uh, and right. she, I think she might become more interested in our uh, portfolio allocation. Yeah. <laughs> well, after hearing the story about how I nearly lost a significant sum of money losing the password <laughs> to the Coinbase yeah. wallet, <laughs> she definitely took more of an interest. But no, I don't yeah. think so. We're pretty like open about it, and like she knows all the balances passwords just in case anything ever happened to me um so yeah if i by, by the way if i ever like fall down the stairs mysteriously <laughs> um just keep an eye, <laughs> keep an eye on my i'm looking out for your flights to india that's what i'm really <laughs> looking for um yeah i'm actually gonna put a yes on this one because i think that it's in terms of my job mm. i think it has distracted me from my work just in terms of checking it and reading up on it and things but it's also made me it's and I hope my colleagues aren't listening but it's made <laughs> me <laughs> it's made it's helped fuel me questioning the value of work and being employed and and all of that you know the nature of crypto is very anti-establishment alternative thinking sort of and it's certainly not the only thing that's made me start thinking that way but crypto is a nice symbol of that movement, I think. See, I don't so think, I think it's a it's, thing, though. I think that's a great well, no, it might have been. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. But it's, in terms of a negative effect on my job. Right. It from your employer's is, perspective. From employer's yeah. perspective, <laughs> probably, they probably don't want me thinking about quitting and, yeah. you know. But in so all I honesty, I could ask has... you the same question about, like, has fantasy football, has a start in this podcast? Mm. <laughs> uh, and again, I hope no one <laughs> no, from your company is. Starting this podcast has made me think I need to stay in my job. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because that's in line with a lot of the comments that we've had. <laughs> yeah. From my boss. <laughs> he doesn't. He really doesn't mind me doing this podcast. <laughs> Get out of your system, Jack. Not worried. Yeah, good, good for you, Jack. Good for you. Um so yeah, I'll put a little yes on that one. Uh, do I try to get other people to lend me money when I've lost on investment? No, never. I mean, I guess that's a no. Yeah, it's a no from me as well. So at I think that point, Mike, though, you, I think you pretty much you you know if you're answering yes to that one, bleak, should, and the yeah. same if you're answering yes to the one, they should put that first. Really, if you're answering yes to that one, or have you ever stolen money to invest in crypto? You, you're not in a good spot at that point. Yeah, and I do take issue with it. This is like, so you add them up and how many of you, how many yeses have you got? So you've got two. Surely that should be weighted a bit higher, right? Well, like if those were your only it two. Is, well, wait till you I've hear stolen what stolen the... money and borrowed money. Yeah, so only one, now you're fine. I don't really you're think fine. about it, but. Yeah. <laughs> but the, so I'm on four, you're on two. And then the breakdown is, if you answer just one right, you may have a problem. This one thing may be enough of a problem to get help. Three times you're fully addicted. Your cryptocurrency trading habit probably feels out of control and you should think about getting help. Five or more times, pathological cryptocurrency addict. Wow. Your cryptocurrency trading habit is probably affecting part of your life. Seek help. But I think Dude, three, so if, I, like, lend like, you pound, if I lend you so £100 pound and you hit number five, you're, you're yeah. done. <laughs> you're pathological. Yeah, I'm not touching it. Help me. But yeah, I don't feel like I'm addicted and the trading habit feels out of control. I mean, you so did start a podcast about it, Jack. You did start a podcast yeah, about maybe. it. Too. But I'm more, I've spent much more time on this podcast than I have trading the actual <laughs> thing itself. That does not show. But interesting. I don't think you're addicted. You're not addicted at all. No. No, you, again, you could ask those questions. If you, okay, I'll tell you this. We'll do this off air, but I'm going to ask you the same 10 questions later today about fantasy football. Well, <laughs> and you yeah. are your pathological, my friend. Yeah, 
I'm a happily and I'm happily a willing participant. Yeah, I'm yeah. a willing victim. There's very low risk on that. Saying well, that, you have found You don't know what I'm into, Mike. To you monetize. Don't know what I'm into. <laughs> yeah, I give you like a hundred pounds a It's a high stakes. A gambling lead within that. You know how yesterday I told you I, I was busy till half one. Right. It was right. purely because the FPL deadline was at half one. And I had to keep track <laughs> of the team news. Brilliant. <laughs> Canceling plans. Anyway. Um, well, well, okay, so that was that was interesting. And we should maybe like ask ourselves that. And the listeners should ask themselves that. And if you are answering yes yeah. to more than a couple, we'll give you two or three, maybe even four freebies. But if you are borrowing money, stealing money, or just even yeah. worried about it, then speak to friends. Or, or lying about it's a big one, isn't it? Yeah, if you're lying. Because yeah. then you know, you're lying because you time. know you're doing something wrong, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I did find a couple of things. So the two things that I want to give out, one is... Um, or, or basically, if you are worried in any way, there's a couple of phone numbers that we can maybe put out. The sure. first is if you're in the US, there's the National Council on Problem Gambling. The number for that is 800-522-4700. In the UK, um, the NHS have like a National Gambling Helpline, which is 808 820 133 That's my number. <laughs> yeah, it's not, this isn't being This isn't giving me out my number. <laughs> <laughs> or feel free to use these as your lotto tickets and Call go me. and buy 5,000 tickets. Um, but yeah, mine.org has some great resources as well. And it did say on this website that if you are um, struggling with a crypto addiction, one healthy way to exercise it is to get rid of your trading apps and instead find a lighthearted crypto-based podcast that you can listen to from time to time, maybe once every couple of weeks. Um, and that is government recommended. Yeah, mental health yeah. recommended. Good. Very good. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. And I guess, I guess from the last thing on me was there is actually a crypto that is themed around mental health called mental this is uh, that's Jack. Token. This isn't a good idea. <laughs> Don't even give out a trading <laughs> tip at the end. Deep, dive, dive deeper into crypto to solve your addiction is what my my advice would be. But no, there's, I thought it was about your mental that... health. Put all your money into this speculative coin <laughs> named mental health coin, Great. and you'll oh, feel good. Man. But no, but there is one, and the transaction fees go to mental health charities, which I thought was quite a neat little um little yeah. spin. That's maybe called mental, bit, but yeah, maybe, maybe if the mental health problem you have is about crypto, then avoid it. But if you've got other mental health problems, you know, the classics, all the you know, schizophrenia, depression, right? Maybe take a lump on mental. Sounds Why not? Good. So, combination um, there, what you've had is a couple of phone numbers if you ha have uh, potentially an addiction to crypto trading, <laughs> and then uh, ended with a tip. <laughs> On a coin, on a really volatile, low cap coin to invest in. <laughs> uh, also, try this alcohol that's just come out. <laughs> these cigarettes. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, good stuff. Well, we've really covered the full gambit of mental health and crypto <laughs> with uh, the seriousness it deserves. So, yeah, good, good work. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think yeah, it's but it we kind of haven't. Um, I don't think we've really settled on a conclusion of is it gambling or not? Is it, you know, a lot of, I don't know the answer to that. Really. Yeah, I don't either. I, I think it is almost like it depends. 
it's all okay so i think it is all gambling because it's guessing at an outcome which is effectively mm. what gambling is and putting a stake on that and whether you're yeah. guessing that the number nine is going to come next on roulette you're going to get 21 on blackjack or that bitcoin's going to 100k it's all a guess but just some of it has more informed or realistic data points but it's all a subjective guess so mm. and but that's the same with the stock market i think and this is just a personal opinion this is not fact yeah but what isn't and that's fine i think what is not fine is if it becomes a compulsive addiction and that's the same as trading checking whatsapp gambling in a casino checking instagram well like whatever it is any compulsive addictive behavior you should seek help for um but if you just genuinely want to invest yes it's gambling and the more informed you become the better you'll be at it but i guess i mean you could say that about gambling on football outcome or who's going to win a horse race like the more informed you are the more likely you are to be successful at it i guess the distinction i would make where it where the line is in my mind of whether it's investing or gambling is am i willing to put money an amount of my wealth on this that i'm not willing to lose or willing to lose and crypto in my portfolio personally is currently straddling that line of right. it's the amount i've got in there is almost at the tipping point of if i lost this i'd be not in trouble but i'd be pretty devastated really and i'm not and that i think that it puts crypto in a in a sort of that's where i view crypto is on the border of an investment in gambling whereas my um isa stocks and shares isa is firmly in the realm of devastating if you lose it. devastating if i lose it um right, right. so and so i view that as an investment whereas the crypto is on that middle ground um and you know if i ever bet on sports or go to a casino that's money i'm very happy to lose yeah that goes at the other extreme that. end as play money yeah um well, mate, well that's so, interesting because yeah. i think that where you are on that scale or where crypto is for you on that scale of is this an investment or a speculative gamble like a flutter is where the market maybe is and where institutional mm. money is and where your average non-addicted compulsive retail investor is where you are how you view it is i think where the market views it and the price Probably is overall dictated by how where that collective opinion shifts to does it if it drops by 20 if it drops down to 10k tomorrow it's probably going to firmly stay for you in this speculative where i'm sure. happy to lose it realm if it goes up to 100k and holds that for five years it probably goes the other way and becomes okay this is a new asset class so yeah it's, just, it's an interesting time because we're still now on mm. the precipice of what direction does it go yeah. And the other where it gets interesting is if you put in some money that you're willing to lose right. and the price rockets and suddenly that value is now an amount you're not willing to lose. Do you disinvest that amount and put it into a safer asset class that you deem safer or do you leave it in? And I'm definitely in the leave it in stage because it has done that itself. Right. So mine, mine that's another interesting that side. Well, I guess I put in more than I would have been happy to lose first time yeah. around, but it's now gone up to where it's the overwhelming majority of my entire portfolio. But I've taken enough out mm. to like I've taken enough out to what I told you recently. I bought a house with some of the money I've taken out of crypto, yeah. and that has been that means that now even if crypto went to zero, I still 
I'm not going to be, obviously I'm not going to be happy, but I'm not going to have lost everything that I initially invested. Sure. So, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I've told you offline as well. I'm probably going to take some more crypto out early next year. Um, that I've wanted to take out for a want to take out for some time, but it's for tax reasons. I'm kind of waiting until I've owned it for over a year. Um, right. But yeah, that but that is not to do with any. That's not really to do with the risk. It's more to do with something else that I want to purchase and another investment I want to purchase. But yeah, it's I it's interesting because I definitely am in the more of the like all in kind of camp on it. Um, it makes these kind of volatile swings a lot more um, a lot more of a roller coaster to kind of keep up with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Cool. Good. I think that's probably, maybe that's a good place to end the lesson, man. Unless there was another angle of of mental health you wanted to, to approach. Have you got any other uh, trading tips for mentally ill people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's mental, there's psycho coin. Yeah, cut that. But yeah, okay. Well, sh- let's move on to um, portfolio wars. And this one, I guess, won't, won't, be a huge segment this week because we haven't started it yet Mm -hmm. but um to recap on the rules for portfolio wars this is a 12 month competition gambling competition that me and jack have put together where we're going to be going head to head um we're going to take a thousand dollars each and on the same day on january 1st 2022 we're going to invest it into crypto that can be invested straight away. It has to be invested in a four-hour window. Um, it can either all be invested into different crypto projects like Bitcoin or Ethereum, or we can initially move some into a stable coin. Stable coins are like USDC, US dollar coin, which tracks one-to-one with the dollar. So effectively, we can either invest it all January 1st, or we can keep some on the sidelines in cash. Um, but in crypto cash, the aim of the game is to finish after the 12 months. So by midnight, December 31st, 2022, see who has the largest portfolio balance and the highest percentage return or potentially more likely lowest percentage loss. The only other rules are that we have to invest in one new crypto project each month. Oh, and sorry, another rule we can only do a total of 10 trades per month. A maximum, yeah. Saying that, Jack, having just run through all those rules, um, I can't help but feel, and haven't had you just tell us that you are very conscious of your addiction to fantasy football. I can't help but feel, having had that whole conversation about gambling addiction, we're maybe setting up what could be considered like a gateway gambling addiction mm. game to turn mm. us from unaddicted you know happy <laughs> investors in my mind mike that's part of the fu- that's part of the great experiment i think okay. we're the lab rats here <laughs> and maybe another gauge at the end of the year when we do this again at the end of the year it's sort of exactly a year's time will be okay how much have you made how much have you lost how let's answer those 10 questions again yeah well three of them we can't and, uh, um, we can't steal for the part for the game at least we can't take out that the game because <laughs> you loser. <laughs> uh, we can't take out loans because it's a set amount and we sure. can't lie because oh yeah yeah i guess on that we're gonna have um a referee who yeah. will send our trades to within a whatsapp group so they can see the time of the trade see when we made it and track the portfolio uh, or sorry track the trade and then we'll have a portfolio tracker that uh, jack is going to build 
hopefully for us in Excel. And yeah, so that's how it's going to work. Though I am having some question marks over this segment after that last conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes. I mean, if we if the experiment you know goes all Zimbardo and we have to pull the plug after a month because we're institutionalised, then then that's the experiment. So the um, first one to get institutionalised loses. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a few we're... get outs. Yeah, and there's no there's no prize, is there, for this um, for portfolio? I didn't think we'd say it'll be the the pride when it at the end pride. of the bragging rights. Pride, yeah. shame, interchangeable. Yeah, um, emotions. There. Okay, and then um, <laughs> in terms of your portfolio, Jack, have you got any thoughts on how you're going to allocate what you like? You're oh, you're a bit yeah. more conservative and risk averse than I am mm. from an investment standpoint. Do you think are you are you thinking maybe going into some of the larger cap projects like Bitcoin and Ethereum or what are you thinking? Yeah, I think um, it's tough. I need to do more research on the smaller ones because right. I don't want, I almost don't want to be boring with this and go Bitcoin, Ethereum, leave the rest. You know, I need to, because part of the reason we decided to do this was so we did learn about some right. of the alternatives, wasn't it? That's part of the, and we've got something to bloody talk about on this pod is <laughs> what's this new coin you've invested in? Great, let's talk about it. Um, right. So yeah, perhaps initially I'm more more conservative, but that good rule about having a new coin each month, I think will force me to, um, in a good way, to, to go against my nature maybe and, yeah. and branch out a bit. Um, how about you? Are you thinking of going wild or? I don't know. I want, same as you, I, want to, I want to do more research. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to keep a, like a, a decent amount in Bitcoin, Ethereum and maybe like Sol and Cardano, like some of the ones that I know a lot about. Like my whole thing is I don't ever mm. want to invest in a project I don't understand. No. And I know I'm kind of, you know, if you go and listen to that interview with Luke and you might have some, <laughs> some big question marks about my understanding of Bitcoin, but I understand, I don't understand the technology behind it as well as I maybe should, but I understand the, the bull case for it, like the investment thesis on why it will go up. Yeah. Um, I don't want, so I don't think I want to like speculatively throw money into one that I think is just going to like pump for a month and then drop again. But, I, and I want to use this, like you say, to learn about more coins. I kind of wish we'd started this in October, to be honest with you, because I did some research into with the smaller projects and invested in some of the metaverse tokens, like um, uh, Decentraland and Sandbox yeah. were two that I invested in, and they've both like 5x since I invested in them. So I wish I'd, or I guess they've dropped a bit, so maybe more like 4x now, but I wish we'd started this then because that would have made me look really smart. Um, yeah, never mind. I'm sure there will be other like new projects out there that I don't know that we find interest in and that we believe in. But I guess it's hard because Luke kind of touched on this a little bit. There's a difference between a project or a protocol sounding like a good idea and it being a good investment. Because you could, there could be a coin out there that like the use case for that coin is a really good idea and fixes a really valuable problem. But the price of the coin might not necessarily correlate with the value it provides because it depends on so many other things. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a bit of a crab shoot. Like it's going to be a bit of random luck. Um, and hopefully it doesn't end in us both being um, institutionalized for no. gambling addiction. No, definitely. Yeah. As I'm viewing it as the the kind of fuel for the podcast content primarily and yeah. learning. We're on episode just, two. So the fact stuff. we think we really need that is <laughs> <laughs> <It's> worrying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, be interesting to know what our guests think about it. Right. Well, um, yeah, looking forward to that. So I guess by the, for the next episode, the next time you listen to this, um, we'll, we'll have set be, up our portfolios. Yeah, we'll be talking through our portfolios. Exciting. Nice. Um, cool. Well, so ne- before the next, the next episode this time will be on NFTs. We promise. Um, and before that, we'll probably release the interview with Charles, who's the VP of NFTs and the head of the um, NFT Thought Leaders Group. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll release the interview with Charles, and then we'll do a follow-up episode where the lesson will be all about NFTs, um, as well as the news that we've learned, and then obviously the portfolio wars. But um, yeah, I think another pretty comprehensive episode there, Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've really enjoyed it, Mike. Hope you have too, listener. Um, <laughs> listener singular, listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, you is his yeah. name, Jack. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Um, but yeah, please give us, you know, give us a follow on Twitter, give us a little review on Spotify or iTunes, however you listen to us, all that good stuff. Yeah. If you can't you be find, able to find us, us try, on... try spelling the name in a couple of try different spelling ways. it differently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah, brilliant stuff. All right. Cheers, Mike. See you later. See ya.